Tim Coyne voicemail. <laughs> Tim <laughs> Tim Coyne voicemail. The music's right, fine in the background. We'll try this one more um, time. I'm just asking. Tim? I'm about to sit down for breakfast. I've already had my. Uh, wasn't a Slurpee. It was a smoothie. Very very nice smoothie with hemp hearts, spinach. Banana? Uh, banana. Avocado? Avocado. Raspberries? Raspberries. Um, almond milk? Almond milk. And, and water. water. Yeah, okay, that was the smoothie for starters. Now we are, I'm about to eat down, sit down and chat on some scrambled eggs. They smell fantastic. So, Shane, what did you put in these eggs? Well, these was um, when I was younger. Um, mm. It's all good. Yeah. It's, it's odd because you, you can't really tell what's in them. No. When I was younger, I used to experiment. I used to make scrambled eggs all the time, but I used to kind of experiment. I would add different cheeses. I would add different spices. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I used to put uh, garlic salt in them, mm-hmm. and I would use like yellow, like yellow cheddar cheese. Mm-hmm. And then one one day, I was like, I'm going to try to put cinnamon in them. And so the garlic powder and the cinnamon kind of create this weird thing together, mm. but it doesn't taste like cinnamon anymore. It just kind of tastes like mm-hmm. the garlic powder and the cinnamon do this. Now I can taste the cinnamon, but, right. just, but, but it, in a different way. But it fits. It's, it's not sweet. It no. doesn't. No, that's that's what it is. So you put all you, you oh, put all man. this in a blender or just stir it in a bowl. This reminds me like. This takes me back to my childhood. Like this is my this is a childhood. You cooked as a child. Yeah, I was maybe, I'd say I was maybe twelve when I. Wasn't came your up father around to cook for you? No, he was dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was very dead. So I filled the void with cinnamon yeah. and eggs and bacon. Um, now you were quite portly as a young boy, were you not? Uh huh. No, I. So I probably weighed. As much as I do now, mm-hmm. when I was probably a foot shorter and my God, thirteen years old. But it fit. You, I mean, you like cooking. And you're a bit of a, mom, a bit of a like, mama's boy. I don't like cooking. No, I just eggs. Breakfast is always a big like, deal for me. Like eating. Yeah. So anyway, so what else is in here? Let's get back to the eggs now. So you got the garlic. It's, it's, gar- it's, it's garlic, garlic eggs, salt. Cinnamon. Garlic, garlic salt. powder. It has to be garlic salt. Yep. Um, cinnamon? Yeah. Oh, my God. This totally reminds me. There's probably not enough garlic salt, but no, it tastes very, it's like very a perfect good. mixture. You can't put too much cinnamon, then yep. it tastes cinnamony. Yeah. Um, and old cheddar cheese. And old cheddar cheese. Okay. Blend it up. Now, did you actually put it in the blender or just stir it up in a bowl? I did. I got the Nutribullet that I just blend mm-hmm. the eggs. It's quicker. Mm-hmm. Right? So you just make it in a bowl, mm-hmm. put some shredded cheese in it. I could always tell just by the smell. Yeah. So I'd put garlic powder in and then I'd add the cinnamon and then you can smell if it... And use a nonstick pan or do you add any sort of vegetable oil or butter or margarine? Just a bit of butter. A bit of butter? But yeah, this is my childhood. Oh. And you've never, I've never had eggs like this ever anywhere. Like, I feel like I always want to open a breakfast restaurant because this would be like the secret, the signature piece. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not that simple. I was telling you, you had a fabulous time last night. Is this talking to Shane now? Uh, this could be talking to Shane. Yeah. This was supposed to be a little flip. That's a start. No, no. We'll, we'll make. I'm not ready for it. I'm easing you in. I'm not ready for it. You're yeah, never going to be ready for it. Will it spoil your breakfast if we continue recording? 
No. Because you got to go off to work. You got to call a certain somebody on the phone. There's not going to be many opportunities left. No. So, this is talking to Shane. I think it started off nicely with. Well, going back to when you were a fat little boy, yeah, I like that part. My secret little breakfast recipe. No. Yeah, we could focus on that. Yeah. And my You've dad, actually been very, very gracious to me, and I, I abuse and my dad, it. Dad. I abuse it. I, I push the buttons to see, and you just laugh, which is good. Oh, like when you talk about my dead father? Well, your tumor, your dead father, complaining you don't have any, you didn't have any tea for me, you didn't have any shampoo for my hair. Ha, I um, didn't have shampoo. I'm sorry. Lots of other things missing. Well, no, you did was bitch last night. That's right. But made sure we had a good time. Well, refused to eat in a gay Italian restaurant. That would have been a disaster. It's a two-way. I mean, you. I always forget how unmoldable you are. Unmoldable. You you present yourself like you're this fighter, fancy, fucking, you know, fucking roach shoved up your ass. You know, your fucking little bag and your stupid little bag that you got in Marrakesh or Tangiers. Yeah. Yeah, you go with the flow. Actually, I got this when my father died. This is another one. This is uh, from Air Air Canada. No, I lie. No, I got this in uh, Staples. Sorry. It was another one. I gave it to my son, actually. The the bag that when I flew back from my father's funeral from Japan. Yeah. I had to go business class. I did last minute ticket, and they didn't they didn't give any breaks or anything else. Cost me a fortune, one way ticket. Oh my god! And uh, so they bumped me up to first class in a big seven forty seven, and I got the slippers, champagne, and this beautiful little shaving kit bag. And I thought my father would love that. He would love the fact that I was going back to his funeral in the front of a big jumbo chain. And in, ironically, uh, first class would have been his hundredth birthday yesterday. And Friday would have been my father's hundredth birthday. That's right. So we talk a little bit about dads. Oh, you can't really talk about yours, can you? Sorry. When did he die? He was seventy-nine. So uh, okay, so what? I was I was still living in Japan, nineteen ninety-three. Okay, my dad died in eighty-three. Yeah, but I'm older than you, you so I actually had a chance to get to know my dad. But yeah, I didn't. Okay, that's, so we'll change the topic. That's okay. pretty much as close as the picture there. The picture gets. It's a very nice picture of your dad, but it just—it's—it is fucking tragic. Like a lot of people's lives get warped. It's funny losing. though, looking at that picture. Like I just—I never used to think I looked like my father mm-hmm. until Christmas. I was at home. My mom had this big box of um, of Christmas uh, or Christmas photos, um, family photos. So uh-huh. I started going through them, and I was like, "Oh my god." I look so much more like my father now, which is kind of nice because it oh, makes you yep. feel connected. And my mom always says I do things like this is um, I do this when I'm anxious, rubbing your thumb, rub my thumb. Knuckles, you can, yeah. Okay, now I hear it. I don't like it. You. So okay, that's me. It. That's my hand almost in a fist, mm-hmm. and my thumb is kind of rubbing the side of I've my never index finger. I never noticed that. I don't do it much, but I do do it if I'm, like, stressed out. And my, I did it one day. My mom's like, oh, my God. She's right. like, your dad did that all the time because my dad was stressed out. That is odd. He died from being stressed out. That is odd. Um, <clears throat> Would your life have been much different if he had survived, if he had had the operation and, and 100%. lived? 100%. How would it be different? How would... How would 
How would your life be different? This is, I find, if you don't mind me asking, it's, it's interesting. Um, how would it be different? Well, I don't think about that much. No. Um, it's kind of weird because, you know, I was four years old when that happened. I had two brothers who were very, they were very guys guy. They all both played sports and, and I was, I was kind of my mom's go-to after he died. So, mm-hmm. you know, I spent a lot of time with my mom and it's probably why I'm a lot closer to my mom than, than the rest of the family. Yeah. But I think, um, I think if he didn't die, um, I would have been, I would have grew up in South Windsor. Yeah. We wouldn't have moved, mm-hmm. um, which is a whole different world than, you know, I moved downtown. I lived, you know, um, close to where I used to live or my old apartment. Um, <coughs> I went to a different high school. And I think, I, I don't know if I would have nurtured my creative side. As much, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what having a father figure I don't know what that's like, right? So but I don't know what those... those. There's just so many variables, aren't there? I mean, like... I don't know what they push you towards. I don't know, you know, what they support you I, for. I, I don't know it, if I became... I, I feel like I would have been less of an artist and more maybe towards, you know... I don't know. Everyone would have changed. I mean, my brother became a doctor because wow. my dad died essentially right when he was going to university and then just pushed away his emotions and just and dumped himself into books, right? I, I didn't know. You never told me he was a doctor. You just told me you have brothers you don't... He's not a, he's not a, like a practitioner doctor, but he's a doctor, a PhD. Oh, a PhD. Okay, that's different. In ergonomics. Okay, so you can't say he became a doctor. He got his doctorate. He got sorry. his doctorate, yes. Okay, sorry. all right, all right. He's a, he's a doctor. He's Dr. Yes, Potman, yes. So. Just the way Dave Broadbeck is actually Dr. Dave Broadbeck. But right. you've got to use these titles. But that's, it's just a different twist there. But, you know, I, I wonder... Do they do they really have that much of a effect? Your surroundings would be different. Where you grew up, your routines, the friends you would have made, all those would have had a huge influence on you. But I wonder what effect a father really does have on his son after they're born. Like, I really question how much of a role do I play with my two sons They're probably nothing. Well, I'm thinking, no, 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 seriously, nothing. it's not a huge thing. I think the mother always plays more of a role in bringing up Yeah, but children. I think in our household, it was my dad who was... He was the influencer. Okay. My dad was very funny, man. Very, like, very, very funny. Everyone, everyone knew it. Everyone loved him. Well, you probably got some of that for sure. Yes, because you're a funny guy. And the whole family, like my brothers, are all very funny, all very witty. We all, we all have the same humor. But that's kind of my point, right? These things are passed on regardless. So you've got the genetic makeup of your father. He's in you. He's part yeah, of, part of who do he this is. Because not someone taught me. It's just that's yeah. So there's things in you that were there whether he died when you were I don't what, like to four say he's inside seven. me because that's kind of inappropriate. Mm, yeah, but. but he's part of your makeup. Yeah, and so it's it's hard because it's so young, and I feel like my life. It's weird because I think my brothers think, not think, I mean, it's not like they're like, they judge me for it, but I had it easy. Er. Well, because you were younger, though. The youngest always has it easier, and the times loosen up a little bit, too. Well, and death is not so tragic when you're four, right? It's it's confusing, it's scary, but like, my brother was 19. 
My dad would borrow money yeah. from him. Like, yeah. There's a, there's a, that's a dynamic there. Yeah. That, you they, know. they would, they would feel a loss much more. In other words, at right. that stage in their life, sure. So, um, you know, I, I, I grew up with a mother, which felt like it's something that allowed me to nurture my feminine, feminine side. side. Yes, we can see that. But it also gave me the freedom. I mean, she was very supportive. Maybe unconditionally to the point where she'd just let me do anything. But I always had my brother as the... He was the... He was the backstop. Like, he was always yeah. the one that I needed to go to. You know, when I wanted to take a year off to go to Europe, yeah. he was the one I needed. Uh, 19. I turned 19. Oh, okay. Oh, good time to go. So I, it was him who I felt like I needed to check in with. Yeah. And he was like, that's the best. I think everyone should take a year off. Which was probably oh, good. Uh, university. And, you know, those were the things that ended up forming me. Like... Mm-hmm. Going to Europe, backpacking, opened my eyes to a world that I didn't know existed. And then I went to university for a year for sciences, which is strange. Yeah. Then I... then don't I, have, You don't have to pound the table with your big ham fist. I know. There. Remember when I had the thumb yeah. ring? Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. And then I went out west, and I worked in the Rockies. And that, that, was, that was a huge defining moment in my life because I made so many friends. And it's become a big part of my life since. And it's still who you were. Yeah, it's 15 years, and we're, you know, I'm still 10, 12 friends who we're all very close. We all see each other regularly. We all have reunions. But I guess and that that kicked my real traveling off. That yeah. was where I really started to 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 travel and, and appreciate that. But this gets back to the influence of people. I mean, it is our friends, really who probably have more of an influence on our lives than our, our parents once we're past a certain age, a certain stage. True. Who I mean, you, who you my, hang out with in high school and who... With my dad, there wouldn't have been those moments, right? Mm. I wouldn't have gone out west. I maybe have not went out to Europe. I maybe would be... Well, you don't know that. I had a father. I went off to Europe when I was young and... Uh, True, but changed me. I would have, you know, went to a Catholic high school instead of a public high school. I would have. Was he Catholic? Uh, yeah, I mean, my family were both. I were Roman Catholic hmm. by trade. I am. So you I'm, sure don't seem like a Catholic to me. I'm not. No, I'm definitely not. Mm. I'm not religious at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost that in high school. I, I was heavy into like religion, and I used to be part of a youth group and go to this. United Church and wow. my friend's mom was heavily involved and then it it just got weird. It got weird. I me- you know, I remember I was taking sciences and started to, you know, you start to question a lot of things and um you know, I don't have anything against it per se, but I just it's not my it's not my it's not my jam. Who got you the easy bake oven when you were young? You mean the deep fryer? Oh, the deep fryer, sorry. Same thing. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even know that that's what you're referencing, but I, I was like, I didn't have a... I was trying to be funny. I'm like, well, I didn't... This kid didn't get an easy bake. This kid got a deep fryer. Yeah, okay, good. No, I'm glad we got that clear. <coughs> I've sometimes given out misinformation. All right, so how old were you got the deep fryer? I was third... No, I would have been... 11 or 12. And was that something you asked Santa for? Like, <laughs> please give me a deep fryer. I love donuts. This is in reference. It, Ken's not really um, alluding to what I... 
It's a very it's classic a photo yes. in my childhood, and it it was very popular when I was about when I was in high school. No, it was just after I graduated high school because I was always a big kid in high school, and then about grade eleven, I lost a ton of weight. I was like super skinny. Oh, from sports just to running, diet? I ran. I so ran a lot. A, a conscious effort? To yeah, like my you brother. Were a bit of a I had a big... moment. My brother was like, you have a bit of a weight problem. And I was like, okay. It was like this at wow. nighttime. And I put yeah. on red low top Converse Chucks. Uh-huh. And I ran around the block once. And then I ran around the block every day for... Good for you. A year? You're quite disciplined in some ways. Yeah. Uh, it's surprising, but... Yeah, and that changed. I mean, that was big for me because I was always, I was always a big kid, and I was always made fun. You teased, of yeah. So. You would have been. Now, was that very painful? Because I mean, we, we've screwed it over. But basically, high school can be hell for kids who are grade nine. Anyway, grade nine, grade ten, grade eleven was painful, and then grade eleven I was skinny. So then you started to see the, and then grade eleven, grade twelve, and OEC that was. Change. Did, did they have I a nickname? The nickname for you, Tubby? Or? Well, in grade school, it was Round Boy. Round Boy. Yeah. See, that's and I that's drove. Not very original. I like they made up like a whole story. Like I drove around this meat truck. <laughs> the recess. Now, were you able to play along with them because it was just too sad otherwise, and pretend it was funny, or did you? I was always stand the in clown. Corner and cry? I was always the goofy clown, funny kid. Yeah. Well, you have to be when you're so five. Think, you have to be, right? I think you like Chandler, right? You yeah. use humor to to, yeah. to hide your real emotions. Yeah. Um, I just not let it get to me, and now I've like. I have super thick skin because of it. And you get even with people, too, I think, right? Somebody, if yeah, somebody killed, does something to you, you're going to get back at them. Yeah, I killed like six of them. Yeah. So they they got their comeuppance, and then I ate them. Oh, no. So I thought it was even funnier. Yeah, like, right. well, look, you call me fat. I'm going to eat yeah, your body yeah. and get fatter yeah, from you. Right. That's, the, that's as ironic as it gets. Yeah. So it, it was painful. High school was great. I met a real solid group of friends in grade 11. My friend Sean, who's a really good yeah. friend of mine still. And then that, that I made tons of friends. And then we were all like, we all liked the same thing. We liked the Tragically Hip. We all went yeah. to concerts. Yeah. And that's where my love of music started. That's when my real strong love for music started. And we all had the same kind of likes. And we all went for coffee every day together. And we all hung out at the same, at the Lumberjack. And yeah. You know. it's, it's a key, isn't it, though, that, that the group of friends you can like. Because I think, like, my friends would have saved me, certainly, through high school. Like, they, it, they shaped a lot of my values. I felt I have an interest in diverse people, different tastes and so on, because of the odd but interesting collection of people. Yeah. And it, it's sort of self-selective. People find each other and, and form this. This whole concept of forming friendships, I think, is wonderful. Well, it always feels, it always feels a bit serendipitous to me. Like, it feels I like there is an L, yeah. Like, I felt like... These are the natural people who I'm going to be close with, and then, and then I'm still close with them. And you know, then I went out west and made these friends who are all very similar to the types of people that were my close friends here, yeah. but different. And yeah, um, you know, I don't think I ever could have. You know, I was never that kid who could have went either way. I was never that kid who was going to be the bad kid or like, you know, and kill and eat people or, you know, listen to. Now, what about teasing other people as you got older? I mean, you were teased. Did you just know, no, teasing is too painful, I'm not going to? Because you have a sense of humor. Like, you like to joke, but it's like an open, it's a two-way thing. It's for fun. Was there ever a stage where you were a little bit cruel yourself? Um, I think 
I think if I was a different person, it may have come off as different. Like, I think I have a bit of that Louis C.K. thing in him where he can say anything about anyone, and it can be as cruel as it possibly yeah. can be, but people don't. Yeah. They don't see him as cruel. Yes. They just see him as this big, goofy, redhead, balding. And they just and think we laugh. he can say the N-word to black people. He can yeah. say, you know, the worst things about his children. And people just laugh. And, yeah. and that's his, that's his, I think that's his, that's his hook. It, it, like, touch, that's it touches us all, though. Like, we all respond to that deeply. We can relate to that. Everyone so knows what he's talking about. I, I love this guy. And he, he's like a perfect replacement to me for George Carlin, who's sort of right. gone and aged and moved on and, and changed. Died. And now we got and died. And now we've got this other person that we can all get behind. Because uh, everyone I, thinks that. And I find that my humor always resonates in that realm. I'm yeah. always pushing stuff past yes. what people feel comfortable with. Well, that, that, and I've always, I've always, there's always been lots of reception for it. I mean, we do a podcast, so it's always pushing the limits. Well, that was the essence of Shane and Tom, and testing the limits, right, all the time. I have my line. Yeah. I don't like to cross. Um, you know what it is, unconsciously right. or something, yeah. But I'm always, yeah, I think... To answer your question, like I do, I will make fun of people mm-hmm. personally, like privately. I make fun of you all the time. You just don't hear it. When I'm not it. Yeah, I'm just like in my so head, just like, oh, look at that stupid idiot. It's fucking stupid goatee. And oh, you got to be better than that. Come on, come on. That's not even hurtful. He's ugly. No, that's not yeah, hurtful. He that's smells hurtful. like he smells like a weird mixture of of diapers and 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 sadness. Oh. Well, not bad. Bad. Diapers and hair. sadness. You hair had to work for that diapers. one, though. Yeah, no. No, I'm kidding. But I do. I've always kind of... I've but you joked. do. I've seen you make fun of people when they're not yes. around. And, and the thing is, it's funny, but you do... Yep. You go, you'll just keep going. And we do it very playfully at work. We always, you know, tease each other, make fun of each other. Well, I watched it in the bar last night, too. Like, the, the staff doing it to each other and teasing. And I, I love that. To me, that's a definition I of friendship that to me. you feel uncomfortable because I was being too casual with the... the, the well, I was just teasing you for your gay side, right? But people like that. People yeah, I know gravitate towards I know. that. And people don't... You like have courage like, to do it. He's like, look at Bryce over there. He's so stupid. Yeah. He's just stupid. I know. I, that's what stupid I, he looks. That's what like, I was referring to. And I love that. Yeah. That, is, that, is, that is my favorite. Because when people... I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a, an area of the brain that not a lot of people... I think everyone has, but they don't, they don't allow themselves to... They don't allow themselves to nurture that. Because there is a lot of life is, is funny yeah. and it's bad, painful. It's the same way, reason why I I don't get sad and cry when people joke about my dad dying. Yeah. I mean, Toby. That's why I keep bringing it Toby up. Toby the other day made like a, the worst joke yet that anyone's ever made, and it was funny. We all laughed. Um, about you, you know, and, I've been, and I've been like that since I was probably. Yeah, sixteen years. Like we've, my brothers, we always joke about it. It's always like, oh, remember that time well, Dad died? You know, and it's like we laugh. And so th- there's an overlap between friendship and humor. I mean, they're they. Yeah, I'm, your true friends. There has to be a one of the things that might have brought you together was this the sense of humor, right? I mean, that's a, that's an element in friendship. That's a big part of my hook. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm genuine and I and I care for people and I'm always good to people. I think you. But I find heart. that's the thing that that you know, like I can get in a room and I can make eight people laugh, like uh. 
hysterically. That's got to be in the right mood. I yeah. feel like I'm less in the mood now than I used to be. Uh-huh. That's why the podcast is good because you, you got an hour and you can just. Um, the only downside of the podcast is I I rely well. I get, not the downside. I have Tom. Yeah. If there was no feedback, and that's why I don't do well just sitting on a microphone talking by myself because right. I rely on the feedback. That's, that's, that's right. what's, that's what feeds it and gets me excited and keeps it, keeps it going. Well, you were able to do it when we did our thing online yesterday. We had our little three-way conversation. We did a word play and you were able to do it, but you were still getting feedback, but it was text feedback yeah, yeah. and so on. And it's also the moment and I was, you know, excited. You're on a roll. But, you know, to your point, you know, being, a lot of my friends, I think, are, you know, I think everyone's got a, everyone's got their friend they can go to, but everyone's got their friend that makes them laugh. Everyone's got their friend that, um, but I think I'm a mixture. I'm a mixture of those things. I'm not just a goofy guy that makes people laugh. I, but and it's with different friendships, it's different things, of course. Like uh, right, Barnacle Bill, I guess, to me is a lifelong friend, and yet we just fight continually. But I almost feel I owe it to him to be there for the fights. Because he needs somebody he can uh, he can complain to yeah. and fight to. And I do the same, I think, with him. Now, let's not let your cat take over the whole show. Shane has two absolutely wonderful cats. Perna is balls. Right. Please. He's patting his balls. <laughs> the cat doesn't like that. Leave him alone. His, Thank you. He licks his feet. He gets uncomfortable. <clears throat> Perna, if I do it, like, she's got a black vagina. I don't know if you noticed. Um, I haven't really. But if she, like her, much her, her bum's there. dirty, uh-huh. she pern is gross. She can't lick her own bum, so she gets all these little wheel knots in her in her in her fur. Okay. And, and you lick them, but they're hard, so you can just like you can just pull them off. Oh yeah, and like fur comes off. But she's funny because when I do it, she'll be laying there and she goes long long, and she like she like eats at her paw yeah. like like. Feverishly. Well, there's some like, primitive mechanism that's being kicked up. She knows she's supposed to be doing that, right? So it's just it's just a it's a short circuit there. It's pleasure, right? It is a short circuit. Like she doesn't even know she yeah. is she is not doing well. Oh, the buddy bear! I'm gonna so, grab his little balls. See, see, this is the Sorry. this is the line. Yeah. Okay. This is. Uh, let's get back on track here. Okay, this is a demonstration of where that line this is. This is where, yeah. So on, right? I almost just licked his bum. And and around this point is usually when we end our conversation because it gets difficult to have any kind of a serious conversation with you because you go into I that to trail comic off. zone. Yeah, your attention is gone. You're thinking of things you have to do later. Like, like not so Anyway, I'm not talking uh, talk to me. Talk to somebody else. No, I'm not going into that topic. It will leave that off, off the table. Your personal relationships, your life. You know why you're moving again for the third time in three months and so on. <coughs> yeah, all right. Probably best. We'll but, leave that um, off for now. Um, and I typically don't like, as you know, like Getting too in my close. podcast. They don't. I don't. I don't share that stuff. Well, that's why I'm having this talking to Shane. The idea, it's the same with Tim, is to get a little closer. Who's the real guy out there, right? Who's the, who's who's Shane? Who is this guy that I get such a kick out of? Uh, we talked last night about how we both mutually value our friendship, and I some I, I don't necessarily understand why. I think I was drinking a lot. No, uh, there, we, we, we have brought it up before. Said some things that I wasn't really. You see, there you go, deflecting again. I'm trying to be serious here. I haven't really defined it, but I think maybe you remind me of a, of a, a younger me, maybe. And, of course, that's why I like hanging out with younger people. It's just more fun, generally. 
but I can connect to maybe um, I don't know, more of a a freer, looser self from the past. Yeah, is that what I am? Old you I'm a well, looser, freer self. <coughs> well, you represent something different. It's a different time of your life right now. Still in the process of change, growth. Your future is still wide open ahead of you. Right, but I'd say my life has changed the most between the two of us over the past seven years. I think that's my point. Yeah, I'm I'm still sitting in that house. But you get to watch it. You get to see this. Yeah, you get to see this train wreck unfold. Well, see, I when I go back, when I think of you, I always go back to PodCamp or no PAB Podcasters Across Borders in Kingston when you guys were at the peak of your celebrityhood. And I remember that because Todd Maffin wouldn't have a word to say to me, but as soon as he saw the squeeze box, he bolted. I think I was in the middle of a conversation with him. He bolted right away. Oh, my God, there's Shane and Tom. You guys are the stars. You you were of that first wave of podcasting, the early days, the pioneers, all of us. There's that rush right in the beginning. And this, this is what, 2007 was first PAB? 2006. <clears throat> And it was a big deal. You guys were some of the celebrities. There was others there, too. Uh, even Ross and Karen of ZNZ, I think they were mm-hmm. there the first or the second. And uh, Tim Coyne of the Hollywood Podcast. And these, these he came names. later, but well, he came he away, I think. Maybe he, yeah, okay, so that's right. But anyway, you guys were... Those were big times were for us. Then. Like, that was exciting. That was exciting. Like, I remember going yeah. to the first pad and just being, like, nervous and I can't even picture that. Was, you, weren't, you weren't going to any sessions. So you're, just flogging, you're just flogging T-shirts the whole time. What no, the no, that was the first year. We had all our shirts made. But I was so nervous that year. Were you doing a presentation? No, I was just nervous to meet everybody. I remember right? sitting by the pool, all these people that you've been talking to, but they've never actually met. I remember sitting by the pool outside, and I was just like, I was just like afraid. I remember I got one of the classic pictures from that time, and that was you and Tom with the other two guys who were doing the uh, videos. Uh, Dan and Tristan. Dan and Tristan, who were big then, too, right? Yeah. What was what was Dan's, what was their shtick, the, uh, the name of the pocket? The, Jim Dupree? Jim Dupree, whatever, expert. Enthusiast? Enthusiast. They were great. They were lots of fun. And that was another, huh. you know, that was, this was star material back then. And... Um, so it's the picture of the four of you sitting on that, on that patio of a bar in Kingston. And wow, I know the picture very this well. This is so cool. And I'm wearing, people. I'm wearing the I Can't Hear You, I'm Listening to a Podcast t-shirt. Okay. Still have it? And I have, the, I have a soul patch. Is that, it called? is that what it's called? Soul mm-hmm. patch? Just I have a soul patch and I have like a, almost like a train conductor's hat. That makes sense. And glasses. Yeah, those were those were pretty exciting times, and those are very fond times for me. I mean, we, I felt, I don't know. It was also nice to. I always felt like I got feedback for being funny. Well, you got adulation for sure. I mean, you guys really were. It was big. Shane and Tom, holy fuck! It was like a brand, you know. This but is, there was something about there was something about the podcast, and I mean something about Tom. Mm-hmm. If you were to throw me in a room like that and then nothing to do with the podcast, there is no way I'd be the way that I am. 
around so get, through through a room of those same people. Like somebody like Blevis or like like these are some of these people. You're not your typical pe- not not Blevis per se, but like there are people at these conventions that aren't the people that I would typically gravitate towards in a in a room setting. Well, right? You said you said that about the last pub that you went to. Like this is just a bunch of old people now. Yeah, I'm quoting you here, but yeah. it was basically that was your your comment. No, was, but I don't have anything in common anymore with these people. We all had this common thread, but it, the podcasting made me want to be as wrong as I possibly can. It made me like into this. That's not how I am on a regular basis. I yeah. am in the office. I am I am around friends who are close to me. Yeah, but you know, there's some people don't know how wrong I can get. But podcasting, it was like, well, that's what I did. That was the humor. That's why we were. So I'm in a room with these people who I'm meeting for the first time, and I'm just like, I'm pushing every freaking boundary I can communication-wise with people, right? And they laugh, and because everyone loves it, right? Well, you, you, you managed to bring some of that back on the very last pad that you went to, the one I said you badmouthed, because you... Um you were doing was it left to right or right to left or no front to back or back to front in terms of wiping your ass front but you to got, back and everyone got into that like everybody got into like and it was it was a little bit of that an echo of the early Sheen and Tom days because here's Sheen and Tom and Angela Misery is just bam right on to you guys here the stars have arrived you know yeah. And uh, they, the people were just following you around. Back to front and front to back. That was pretty classic. Yeah. That was I classic. Like this. And, and Blavis got into it, and Bob, and, like, everyone was, like, everyone asking other people and, like, telling me, like, what what their numbers were. And, and we went to that bar that one night, and it was, like, me and Tom, Angela, um... Yeah. And a couple other, yeah. and Gourmet there, and a couple other people, and we laughed, like, uh, we laughed so hard that night, Yeah, and I love that, because I, so I make, the sound, I'm not, the sound, I can make people laugh, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's specific people that can make me piss myself. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, it's, it's me sometimes, because I can listen to my own podcast, and Tom, I've noticed that. And just, I can listen to myself as another person mm-hmm. who has the exact same sense of humor as me. So it's it's perfect, right? Because he always says the yeah. funniest things that I'm already thinking in my head, listening to it again. So it's a, a bit of a weird out of body experience. I, I confess, I, I laugh to myself sometimes if I listen back to Dixon James and I hear myself laughing. It yeah. makes me really happy. And yeah. I start laughing with him. Yeah, and then you pleasure yourself. Well, speak for yourself. So it's. Yeah, and so it's, I don't know, I appreciate humor that way, because when I meet people who can make me laugh, you can make me laugh in a in a way that's different than, you know. It's a teasing, it's it's more of an affectionate friendship. We have, we have a great deal of affection between us, I think that's the case. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You have to think about that. No, we do. And I've always tried to wonder what it is about you that I gravitate towards. Because I think you think that it's like, oh, my God, like, I get to hang out with these people. What is it about me that makes him excited for you to come and visit and, you know, um, for me to not plan anything and I don't buy soap or tea or, you know, like, what is so special about you that makes me not want to do anything when you come like I just don't plan. I'm, I'm trying to follow this thread. I'm having difficulty. I'm kidding. Here. What what it is about you that I I love, and I think it's 
It's your wit. It's your dry. It's your dry sense of humor. You appreciate the the fringe. You you appreciate the fringe things about life. I do, and but about, I like that thing. And about conversation. Yeah. <clears throat> and you you almost um, you know you almost I don't know the word I'm looking for, but you engage it, and I. I like to engage that, and so I always think we found this this common ground, this this level of communicating that I think most people would just feel uncomfortable, you know, um, or not be able to tune into at all. Right? Be like, well, these guys just make fun of each other the whole time, and they bitch, but they end up leaving their weekend, and they actually yeah. both enjoyed themselves. Yeah. Well, that's and what I, like I refer to that you. as the affection. And, and that might right. Be I like to tell you to F off, and, you know. Well, that's the fun of it. In front of other people, too. But I think we can both be 100% honest with each other. Uh, yes, that's a necessity. That's mandated. That's. Oh, I thought that was a fucking toenail for a second. No, it wasn't I was a fucking barf. toenail. It was when you buy socks and they put three pairs together. They put these nylon. Clips. You don't take it off. That's the well, first I try, thing I but do. some of them get hidden into the sock. Yeah, if they get hidden, I gotta find it. Okay, well, I just found it. <laughs> well, now right. I need to find it right then. Like yeah. I can't let that sit in my sock. Well, I didn't. Wasn't aware of it. It's just the position the sock got on today. Okay, so how long are we gonna talk about the little nylon clips in my socks? Um, so it's. I think. Yeah, and I mean, I remember when we first met. Like, I, I don't think we it wasn't like we naturally both. Our friendship kind of came through years after it that. did. It did like, grow. It was nurtured, and I think it did change because I felt sort of equally close to you and to Tom, and I'd spend my time with either one. Maybe I even felt I knew Tom better, and gradually it shifted over to so if I'm coming to town. It's you I'm going to contact. I'm going to stay at your place. No offense to Tom. It's just the the, the way the dynamics have uh, have shifted. I used to think, and it's maybe because I'm hung up on my age, that people like me because I still show the signs of hope after 65. You don't have to get old and boring. You can still enjoy life. And it's something I try and practice. Like this trip down here was just so enjoyable. Now, of course, I've already confessed to having a, a pot cookie, but still... I'd set myself up for this adventure, you know, to do something that was going to be fun and enjoyable. And knowing I'd get here, I feel so completely free when I get to Windsor. There's nothing I have to worry about. There's nothing I have to do. There's no right way. There's no manners. There's no nervousness. Not oh my god, we got to do no right so way. So there was there's more than enough wrong way last night. It's just it's just going to unfold and it's going to be fun because that's all you want it to be. And there's nothing that's ever they're going to get in the way of blocking that. There's no right. way you and I are going to have a serious fight about something. Even if you persist in being an asshole, I'm going to forgive you and we'll move on. Yep. And it's funny, you know, just the, the idea that, you know, maybe, let's say, three years ago, when you were 30, I didn't even exist. Yeah. The concept of me... You know, becoming 30 years older than I am now and having a relationship with a person that's not even, doesn't even exist yet, that's kind of neat, right? That's kind of, but I think that's why I get this either this uncle label or somebody else because I'm definitely uh, 
older, and that's that's good. I, I feel pri- I, honestly, in all sincerity, I feel so privileged to be a part of this group. And it's ironic because I think I'm also one of the people who's helping create this group and and keep up this concept of tribe and the value of friendship and the the humor and so on that I play at that all the time. Um, and we got what a but, tribe of four. No, it is much, much bigger than that. You, you're one of the ones who doesn't care to tune in because you do. You are quite infatuated with Shane himself. So yeah, but I if I tell you news about Shane, about, uh, for example, Mark Blevis or something, so I didn't know that because you wouldn't necessarily tune it in. But you, you, and it, there's nothing wrong with that because you have a wider world down here. You've got your work. You've got your right. But this is my tribe. That's not my tribe. This is my tribe consists of. Well, I have, I have, I have. You got I have scattered all over. Probably six tribes. Yeah, but your tribe, the tribe that you sit in, consists of probably four or five people. No. Well, for me, it does. Oh, oh, you tried that all from your side. Yes, like, yes, oh, yes, yes, Shane. Well, no, but I can't think. I don't think you can tell me that I sit in the same tribe as, as. Well, Marilyn from my Marilyn podcast, just because she did a podcast forever ago, and you guys. Well, I have, I, have very, I have very flexible definitions of tribe and community. I, I'm preferring the word community, and the community is expanding. I think it's very, very important that our circles get wider and wider, and more inclusive. When I come here and meet your friends, I feel oh, good. I'm sort of on the fringe now of that. Community, and I see the same person three times in a row. Great, I'd start to get to know these people. To me, that's really important, mostly because it it, it impacts my view of the world. The world is in danger. We're, we're, we're in a human. The human race is in a bad situation, and we need to uh, fix ourselves. And one way is to finding more and more. What do we have in common? What are our how can we extend these friendships, these circles? No, this that's true. I mean, and, it's... And, and I think we are doing that, and I think we are especially doing that through podcasting. I firmly believe podcasting is not about the humor on Shane and Tom. Podcasting is, is means there is this circle that can allow Shane and Tom to have a starring role within this community, and people will go to it, and some people will avoid it altogether, but also it will include vinyl countdown, and their disgusting humor sometimes. And it will also include... Um, Dave Delaney out in Nashville going for a walk and all these very different styles and people and so on are almost an ever expanding network and new people are joining in and I just happen to pay a lot of attention to see who else is on the fringes that's why I'm doing the Canadian podcast Buffet and others because I want to you got to stop draw people in Buffett Buffet 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 Sound like an asshole every time you say it like that. I know, apparently, but it's catching on. I see more and more people coming Buffet. my way of doing it, right? But I, yeah, and I, so I, I care about that. You don't care about everyone's that. Everyone's tribes are different, right? Yes, but the tribes can have tribes just have, like, I feel like tribes just have, like, you have, you have, you have your tribe. Oh, we got a chalkboard here. Yeah, and, they, and they, there's right? an over. And there's. There's your people that you consider is your tribe. Are, are these not all supposed to be Venn diagrams with all these overlaps and so on? Right, right. but this is this is you. Okay. 
Or that's me, let's say. Okay. And this is you. <laughs> okay. But my you, tribe. Well, who's in that circle? Who else is there? Who are the others? I mean, you say you're defining. This is Tom is there. I'll say Tom, uh, Tim, and okay. then and then all the other people. Okay. I'm, all right. I'm not saying this yeah, out yeah. of. I don't want to say this out of. It's not. I'm not being. I don't want to be disrespectful. No, no. But I'm saying out of the hundred people you call in your tribe, yeah. I maybe talk to them. Yeah, and that's, to five or six of them. Yeah, and, and Mark and, and and that's fine. Bob maybe a bit more than, yeah. than the most. And that's your but choice. But then my tribe is this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which you're making, you're making of, it much bigger than my tribe, or well, the tribe you're in with me. And then I've got you know Marcello yeah. and Toby. Yeah. Um. And and so the Marcello's tribe is yeah. is this. Well, I, but Toby's, I think that's Toby's true. Toby's tribe is just this. Yeah. It's just him. Which I'm but so. I think that's true of all of them, though, right? And they do all overlap and interact. And I think that's what's sort of neat. But they're not, a, they're not a... They're not a... There's no, it's not... No, no, and I, and I never intended that to be the case. It's not one big holistic circle. But if you think in terms of the Canadian podcasting community... But you treat it that way. I choose to see it that you way. You treat it that way. And you've always heard millions of conversations about, like, why I don't podcast or why I don't... Go to go to PAB or I mean we didn't talk about you. Well, I wanted you guys to do an event here in Windsor because I want people to celebrate Windsor. Right. So I'm seeing a bigger. But you picture. have a need for all the tribes to be together, and I don't think that's natural. Okay. I don't think they exist together. Okay. Because the tribes become what they're supposed to become. But I, I think people you can't play add roles. someone to my tribe just because you think. Now, naturally, yes. that person needs to yeah. resonate with me, and I yeah. need to build a relationship. Yes. And it takes years and years. You're perfectly right. There's and no I, argument about but that. But for years, I think you always wanted us to adopt your tribe and become active in your tribe. And that just can't happen, because it needs to happen naturally. I, I could be guilty of charged. I think it was a tribe that we had. Yeah. But over the years, you start to... Like, you start to have the people that you know are going to be your friends for life. Yeah. Your close friends for life. Yeah. The people that are going to go to your funeral. But. And you're sooner than mine. You see, I think, to me, the thing I keep going back to is once I started podcasting, it opened up so many new circles, so many new friendships of value, of people that I care about, people I never would have met. And to me, that's what I want to celebrate, and I want other people to, yes. to join your, in. I want, I want everybody to widen their circles, basically, and I don't think that's wrong. It doesn't mean we all have to be in the same circle, because they're not going too. to be. I, again, I was nervous as hell, and I was very social, and I had my circles, yet moving into something where it was a new circle, new people, it's kind of scary. I mean, I did, and I feel like we did a good job Who's we? I, I say Tom and I just yeah. because that's. Um, but then we're all responsible. We're there's one thing to have people who are in your tribe, but then we're all responsible to strengthen those tribes into tight circles, right? Yeah, and I see. I think that's where I've changed a little bit. Um, when I first started the Dixon Jane zine, it was a circle of old friends, and everybody loved the idea. Great, we know the we know each other, and I would mail these, print these out, mail them out. People would send in letters, and they would go mailed. 
around the world, wherever people were. And I realized, hey, it's a richer experience if we add in somebody else. Well, I know a guy who happens to be in Sarawak, Malaysia, teaching, who I knew from Kusa. I didn't know him well. I never spent time with him. But he might be interested, and I wanted to add his voice. And his letters and his outlook were amazing. Mm. Other people already in this circle wanted to keep it the original circle, right? Coming and, I, I, and that I fought that every inch of the I way. Know, no, you, you can't. do. You always you fight that. You have because I think it's we're morally. <clears throat> I feel we're morally obliged to be more inclusive. See, and but I don't exclusive. like that. Well, if we I have know. a group, and you're like. Here, here's my buddy over here that I think you should, you should be, you know, you should be communicating with. No, come tell him to go, go I, beat I, it. I, I, but I, you can have that attitude, and this, I don't know if this is you in particular or you represent most. And people. I'm open to people. I just don't, don't force them because you can't you think that. Yeah, but I haven't done that too. I don't think I've ever forced anybody. Yeah, I tried to force tried. a you've Windsor. Tried over years you've tried I, in your little way. I have tried very hard to force a Windsor event here. Now I don't care anymore. And we've we've done Hamilton. It was successful. You could have done it here. I spend more time, more of my effort, just making sure you and Tom remain friends. And keep on podcasting. I, I put a lot of energy into that. Right, and we still will. But yeah. if we don't, that's our journey. Yes, and we're not going to do it my, because you force it. Yes, right. But yes. I couldn't even imagine having like a zine of forty people, and then somebody just adds this other dude from somewhere out of nowhere just because you need the group to expand. Because the other voices, because I hated it was, you, because and I it was bailed out. Because it, well, people did do some people. It's did. like when people add you in fucking those threads on Facebook comments, and you're like, "What the fuck? Why am I part of this?" And you delete it. You're like, "I don't want to yes. be a part of this." I, yeah, it holds you off commenting on somebody's post because you don't want to read everybody else's comments and so right. on. But um, I wouldn't change on that. I, I still felt because the voices that no, did get you. added. Right. Well, that's me, and, and that's, I my, that's my that mission in, you. in life. Right? That's I know, and I appreciate that important. in you. I just don't. Well, I'm glad we're going to have... I also hate it. I actually despise it. Yeah. All right. It's your biggest character flaw that I just can't right. handle. I can accept that. I can live with that. I'm actually glad we had that conversation. That I think smell. it was substantial enough. That and the smell. Well, I'm told as people get older, they start to really smell bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not aware of it myself. Well, thanks for farting. Um, but, uh, all right. Well, let's say, are we anywhere else we want to go with this conversation? Or are you pretty well done? We're going to end on that note. We talked about my eggs. We talked about your eggs. We talked about your dead dad. We didn't talk about your tumor. Is it a tumor or is it a, is there another word for that's it? That's the only, you're right. I think yeah. this is the last thing we can touch on. Okay. Um, before I, yeah. Die. Before, <laughs> before the tumor ruptures and I die. Yeah. What do right you beside know? the pituitary gland. What right? do you want to know? Little, well, how do big it is and how serious it? it is. Do you want me to talk about it as if no one knows what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. Okay. Shane has a tumor that I used to think changed the shape of his head, but apparently head is fairly elastic. And yeah, it's... it's um, I... Um, well, let's not make it too long. Oh, I'm trying to make all look sleeping. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Anyways, I... Uh, to kind of make it quickly, uh, years ago, um, I had chronic pain for years, which I, I, I didn't know what was causing it. I was always a healthy, happy kid. And in my mid early to mid twenties, 
everything changed. I, I felt shitty. I felt tired. My ears hurt. My eyes hurt. My teeth hurt. That's fucking awful. Things felt weird in my head. It was a gradual, all these symptoms yeah, well, coming? Or? It was gradual over about a year, and then I started going to the doctor and getting blood work, and you know, and then he's like, okay, you had mono. I'm like, okay, well, that's that's something. You know, mono causes stiff neck, and yeah. it causes a lot of kind of residual issues. Mm-hmm. And then it just went on for years and years and years, and for seven years it went on, and my neck hurt, and my back hurt, and I'd have neck spasms, and I would wake up in pain, and I couldn't move. That's miserable. It was. It's hard. It changed my life because it changed how I... I used to be very spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And it, it made me have to manage my day. Because I'd have to come home and sleep all, the, all night because I couldn't handle dealing with it anymore. And mm-hmm. I got depressed and I got blah, blah. Most people wouldn't know. And I mean, it's probably when we started podcasting. When, when you know, a, maybe a year or so. Um, I remember being right in it. That that time when I met you guys, it was a very, I felt very disconnected to myself. So anyways, so that went on for years, CAT scans, ultrasounds, MRIs, blood work, chiropractors, acupuncturists, massage therapists, you know, I did it, I, you name it, I, I did it and I did it hard and I would go to a chiropractor three days a week for months and um, <clears throat> I'm glad you're still listening. I am. So, um, about about two about two and a half years ago, um, I actually went to the doctor. Um, oddly enough, for you know, it's something I'd already been to the doctor four years ago, three years prior. Was was sexual problems. It was it was libido. It was you know keeping an erection and um, getting an erection and you know it was always it was always hard for me no pun intended yeah. it was always not hard well it was hard for me it started when I was I'd say in retrospect I can now look back a lot further um, it was just difficult mm-hmm. sex was difficult it was mm-hmm. I'd think about it I did like be in it and I did and, you know, it still sometimes would work. So, I mean, is that not a separate issue though altogether? But we can come back to that. But it's no, it's, it's all tied in. Okay. Oh, it's okay. It's one hundred percent the cause of of. So, anyways, so I had gone. He had, you know, my doctor had decided to do blood work, and this was something I told him years and years prior, and they didn't do the blood work. But anyways, they they tested my hormones, and they found that I had um, high prolactin levels, which is it's a very female hormone. Um, you know, your body makes like five or six major hormones, testosterone, prolactin, you know, a bunch of others. But prolactin, men don't have any of it. They shouldn't have any of it in their system. Um, it's more for prolactin, like breast milk is, that's mm-hmm. how breast milk is created. And mm-hmm. So anyways, my prolactin was very high, um, which meant that my testosterone levels were very low. Because when prolactin increases, your testosterone drops. Okay. So they had, they had, they were concerned because with with high prolactin, usually the cause is from a tumor, and so it's a brain tumor in your pituitary gland made up of duplicated cells that make prolactin. So it's called secretory, like they secrete the hormone. So you have too many cells making the hormone. So then there's too much of that hormone. So anyways, I 
tests, and they found that I had a 7-millimeter tumor in my pituitary gland, which, in retrospect, started to explain a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of what I thought was neurological problems. I felt like I was crazy. I felt like there's something in my head causing me to feel this way. And, you know, they're doing MRIs and ultrasounds. They're looking for a big tumor, not, yeah. a, not a thing that's that big. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was very tiny, and um, it was, yeah, it was pretty big because it was, you know, the, the treatment is very simple. I, mean, I can't have surgery. I started taking a medication that uh, stops your body from making prolactin, uh-huh. and then naturally your testosterone goes up. And I started it oh, three and a half years ago, or three years ago. Within two weeks, two weeks, I saw a difference. And I saw a difference so much that I realized that my last 10, 15 years, I didn't have high testosterone, right? Like, it changed the way I thought. It changed the way I I viewed women. It felt kind of like a sex change. It changed Mm -hmm. how you view people, how you sense people, how you you deal with conflict, how you deal with... um, Emotions. Wow. I felt like I was less emotional. I was more, you know, logical and blah, blah, blah. So anyways, it was big because it, 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 and it was three years of, of rediscovering myself as a new, as a man, which Mm -hmm. it sounds strange, but I was, I had to be kind of reintroduce myself as a man because I felt like a man and I actually felt like a man for the first time in my life. Like I never felt like a man. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was... So I'm in between man and woman, yeah. and more emotionally than anything. And I just thought, eh, I grew up with a mother my whole life. Maybe that's why. Yeah. So, you know, in now retrospect, you know, I think it went back many years. You know, the, the, the bonuses of that is I think I had a lot of weird muscle issues and neck and back problems. But when, when you have low testosterone, your body doesn't generate muscle. Mm. You know, it doesn't heal itself, nerve damage. So within three, you know, two years, I gained like, I gained all this muscle that I've never had in my life. And I haven't even worked out. Like I have biceps and I've, you know, my back is stronger. So a lot of what my issues, my pain issues have just kind of disappeared because I now have like a stronger, my body's just stronger and I think it's healing better. I can't remember there was a Sheen and Tom episode, whether you got bigger balls or smaller balls as a result of this. You talked about that on one episode. Um, I'm actually... Testing, no pun intended. Yeah. Again, testing. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not. I'd say they're smaller. They're smaller. As a they were big, really big. Okay, so yeah. that's not necessarily related. Then. No, they could be. It could okay. be. I mean, because your t- testicles could sh- inks- grow to help produce more. Like, your body does compensate, right? Right. But I don't get because when, uh, when guys take testosterone. No, that's right. Because I'm making more testosterone. When when muscle guys take testosterone, their bodies, their testicles shrink because mm-hmm. your body doesn't need to make it anymore. Right. right. So it's, right. your body doesn't make your body doesn't make testosterone in your pituitary gland. It's your pituitary gland that signals through chemicals your testicles to okay. produce it. Right. Like so, it's. Um, oh, we're getting <clears throat> smart stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, you know, it's been a crazy journey. Uh, mm-hmm. The last three years have been really weird for me. Um, 
But you're in a great place now. You, you, you seem to be. Like, you seem to be. Yeah, right. You've arrived. This is it. I feel healthy. I feel happy. I feel um, clear. This is the one thing I didn't feel. I felt foggy all the time. I, I guess you were much more aware of this than other people. Because I don't personally see this huge change in you. I've known you for all those years. But it's just a shame. It's shame. It's shame. Well, that's what's frustrating about that, right? Because I don't limp. I don't have a cast. I'm not missing my arm. Yeah. You know, I don't have an eye patch. Right. But I wasn't in excruciating pain. The people close to me knew it, but it, it doesn't affect me on the outside. Most people are like, oh, whatever, just deal yeah. with it. And I'm like, oh, my God, you have no idea what it's like to be living with this on yeah. a daily basis. Well, now everybody does, apparently. So. Well, everyone does, and I, I ended up just getting tired of talking about it because it, it, it was day in, day out, every morning, Every night, every evening, um, and now I feel like I'm just starting to wake up. So this wake is up good. As this new person. Fortunate that they actually found this small tumor. Yeah, I mean, it could have kept growing. Um, no, guys, what have they done to actually stop it growing? Like guys go blind in one eye. Yeah, but is, is have they actually? Is it the medication supposedly stopping the growth or? It's just it's on hold and it's not. Uh, what happens is growing. the medication renders the chemical creation inoperable. Like it doesn't, it stops you, the cells from making that chemical. Okay. And so the idea is that well, if these cells are inactive, they uh-huh. will die. Okay. They'll just die off. Holy! I shit. had an MRI a year ago. That wasn't the case. It was still seven millimeters. However, it didn't grow. Isn't it amazing to you that people know this, like fellow humans, just that much more dedicated, smarter, whatever than us, actually understand this stuff and can help and gave you a better quality of life as a result of their I mean, I just knowledge, marvel, their learning. I marvel at an MRI machine. Yeah. I, you plop your head in this thing, it doesn't yeah. touch you, but it can it can create a complete a complete three D map of your brain. Yeah. And um, and now they have MRI, MRI machines that will do it real time, so you can see a heart beating, but a, right. a generation of, um, <clears throat> and that blows me away. And it blows me away that someone figured out that this medication stops this. And I mean, and seriously, I reacted to it right away. I saw I saw sexual benefits. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. I took three pills, and it was two weeks, and I was I remember, already I like... Was, I was visiting around that time. I had time. fucking heart on... It was just, yeah. Okay. You want to talk about that? No, I just... I, that part of the story I've heard, I, I wanted to share, because I'm hoping some people will listen to this as they've listened to talking to Tim and get to, get to understand who Sheen is a little more. It's kind of a serious note to end on, though. I think people would be disappointed, because usually there's, boners. Nothing, there's nothing funny about boners that Boners isn't a serious ending. I, suppose I love little. boners. All right. I think you have one. Not. Uh, he's wearing. He's wearing. Um, not now that you're on those wearing, manly things. Wearing, when you were more girly before. His pajamas. Yeah, you're kind right? of moderately attracted just, to know, me in a. Sort of halfway there. Yeah. All right. Not anymore. Well, that's it. Gonna hurt us. All right. That was wonderful. Nobody sent in any questions, so we'll just stand there. Thank you. That was talking to Sheen. T O S. No. T O S. T C S. I'm going to put that right up there with the talking gyms. Uh, Bye for now. Bye for now. Yeah, Yeah. All right, Tim. Good talking. All right. Take care, buddy. Bye. Bye. Bye.